Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. I have with us today, Dr. Hamid Montakab. He is a trained medical doctor, and he's also a trained classical Chinese medicine practitioner. He's a lecturer and an author. He's written several books. The most recent one is Acupuncture for Treating the Hidden Roots of Disease, the Mind and Emotions in Chinese Medicine. Today, we're going to talk about the Chinese concept understanding of reproduction around fertility. And I thought Dr. Hamid would be great to talk to you about this because you're trained as a classical Chinese medicine practitioner, you're a physician, you've, you've delivered lots of babies, and our audience are wondering ways to optimize your fertility, reach that peak fertility potential, both from a mind-body perspective. And my understanding, practicing in the fertility area of Chinese medicine, that our goal has always been to get parents as healthy as possible at the time of conception so they have the best chance of having a healthy child. Can you share with us the Chinese ideas about conception? Thank you, Lauren. Uh, coming back to Chinese concepts about conception and birth, it was a very important point in ancient Chinese belief systems uh, that the families, especially men, should have a lot of offsprings uh, with the idea that their lineage should continue. So they had given a lot of importance to all the elements of conception as, as um, uh, witnessed by all the texts and writings that we have uh, about midwifery and about how to follow a, a pregnancy uh, from the moment of conception and even choosing the best moment of conception. Now, coming back to the basic uh, premise, the basically conception after the basic instinct of survival and the need to survive and the need to maintain life. The next uh, instinct which we share with uh, all life forms, in a sense, is the instinct of procreation, that means creation and continuation of the species. After once these two have been satisfied in Chinese medicine, we talk about five instincts and then there are the others. And humans, then it takes also the form of self-fulfillment, the basic need to fulfill our life destiny. Now, coming back um, the, in the Chinese understanding, the moment of conception is a very precious moment where three types of energies have to meet in order to create life. The first principle, uh, I will spare you the Chinese names, uh, is referred to as the source energy. And the source energy is a sort of a term which is sometimes vague. We have to relate it to maybe the principle of life or creation. You can call it the principle of God or the divine uh, intervention. Today, science does not have an explanation for this source energy. Uh, we know how life is formed and produced, but we cannot create it so far. The second energy, which they refer to as a sense of the parents, is today we can really say this is the genetic transmission. And it is um, actually quite amazing that uh, 
Uh, we are talking about two and a half to 3,000 years ago, 25 centuries ago, when these concepts were formulated. At that time, they had no way of having any scientific understanding, so it was very intuitive. Today, science has demonstrated a lot of the Chinese concepts. And about genetics, we know that since the 50s, the genetic code of the DNA was unraveled, and it was believed that it transmitted all the information of the parents. Later, they discovered, and this is only a few decades, that another uh, segment on the DNA, the helix, which at the time I studied medicine, we used to call them nonsense segments. That means they did not have any translation. It was discovered that these segments that today they have given the name of epigenetics are actually fundamental in the presentation of the DNA. That means that we believed in the 50s or 60s that all diseases and all pathologies, everything was transmitted through the DNA. And today it's been demonstrated that only 20% of the information on the DNA is obligatory. That means maybe your eye color, your skin color, your blood type, etc. But that a lot of the patterns are optional. This is very valuable. I want to ask, so just yeah. to bring that into the to our discussion. So you're, you're saying then you're not your gene, you are what you express when you talk about the epigenetics. and. In Chinese medicine, the concept we call prenatal jing or pre-essence would be your genetics. And then your postnatal jing, your epigenetics, what you express is your epigenetic postnatal jing. And so you're sharing, you said about 20% of that is kind of set, your eye color, your hair color. The rest, though, our environment impacts. So we have an opportunity here through diet, through lifestyle, through our thinking to impact how our genes are expressed, which changes how we are expressed. Basically, you're not the hardware. Or the hardware can perform differently based on the software you are running. That's very well put. <laughs> exactly. Epigenetic uh, transmission, which interestingly, the Chinese gave it the name ancestral energy, which at the beginning could be confusing, but actually it is also transmitted. Uh, it is defined as the influence of the environment, as you mentioned, lifestyle. Uh, the food, exercise, etc., and very importantly, the thoughts, the belief systems and the thoughts. And this point, I will come back on it because it, it creates what we call a lot of obstacles to many um, functions and actions later because of our faulty belief mechanisms. I call them toxic beliefs, or some people call them shadows. Coming back uh, to this, um, we have a lot of in information in the classical text about how pregnant women should behave during the Chinese count, the lunar months of pregnancy. For each month, there were instructions given. And a lot of the instructions uh, actually involve uh, psychological states. The pregnant uh, woman should follow these rules. We are today in a very interesting paradox. When I was a resident in gynecology and obstetrics, infertility was basically usually found that out of 10 couples, eight infertility problems were due to the female pathology. And uh, this was in the 
in the 70s. Now, today, it's now demonstrated statistically that 50% is due to the male, which means that in the less than a century, the male's fertility has gone down. And this we see in nature. In nature, for example, they observe that fertility rate in lizards, in reptiles, in uh, frogs, etc., was going down and there was more and more abnormal male uh, forms. And uh, of course, there are a lot of explanations. Why has fertility gone down worldwide? And uh, from the all the toxins that we have in the soil, in the water, the radiation, we have even insomnia is one of the uh, causes, etc. We, we can make a long list of factors which may influence fertility. Interestingly, at the same time, we have multiplied the population of the Earth more than seven times. Uh, at the turn of the century, last century, it was about uh, over one billion. Today, we are close to eight billion. So we see that there's this paradox. So where is the infertility um, uh, sort of manifesting most? Is in more progressed industrialized countries where there's overpopulation. So we can actually impute the habitat and the environment and lifestyle on that. At the time I, I was in, um, in gynecology and obstetrics, we did not hear of fertility clinics. Today, you almost have a fertility clinic in every street corner. They're showing that it is becoming a problem. I'll come back to this again uh, to mention that we actually have things that we can do and which are at our level of influence. Another more important factor, uh, which I have to underline, is when Chinese mention about the importance of the uh, environment and lifestyle, in the lifestyle is included the psycho-emotional balance. And this is some one of the, uh, let's say, strong uh, aspects of Chinese medicine is that our mental states and psychological states are part of the equation of our health. And they play a very important role, something which Western medicine um, sort of has accepted without really the psychosomatic medicine, although it is a speciality, it still is debated. It's still debated that do emotions affect our physical health. It's rather they believe that uh, the emotions are byproducts of, of chemical disbalances of the body, which the pharmaceutical societies are trying to rebalance by offering chemical medicaments to supplement. This point is very important, I find. And therefore, the belief systems that people have and the belief systems are what we call um, disturbing belief mechanisms are going to be a very important factor in fertility. And this is something where individually we can act on. And this uh, is that part around our conscious fertility is working on our beliefs, our programs on so many levels. On one level, your actions are always going to be congruent with your programs, your beliefs, which are often unconscious. You're not totally aware of these programs. So your habits become your destiny. And so this is why working on your beliefs and programs are important. And then the aspect you're talking about, the mind-body connection here is 
you know, when we have good thoughts, we get good hormones, the serotonin, the dopamine, the oxytocin, they have good impact on our cells and our body. And when we have stressful thoughts, fearful thoughts, and the body goes into alarm, we have the stress hormones and we, those stress hormones, the cortisol, the adrenaline, if they're chronic, they lead to inflammation in the body and throw our hormones, including our sex hormones that we need for reproduction out of balance. And just in general, hormones and inflammation in the body causes what I term as inflammaging, accelerated biological aging, which leads to um, premature degenerative diseases. And I often say premature fertility decline. So I'm, I'm very glad that you're going to talk about this belief aspect and the mind-body connection, because this is in the realm that we can, as individuals, work on ourselves to shift. Exactly. The, the relation between our mind and our chemistry today is, is sort of obvious. And the Chinese described this uh, ages ago, and they even classified the causes of disease into three categories, the external causes, uh, which are basically, we can say, the climates, and then the internal causes, and then they put a third category of what they call mixed causes. Now, the internal causes are only the emotions, which means that they put aside emotions, and emotions are basically not only feelings, but it's also how we think, because the emotions are the result of our thoughts. Now, one of the things also uh, we have to understand is that by emphasizing some of the negative things and by emphasizing what produces fear and anxiety, we create an inflammation, as you mentioned, and therefore all the stress hormones or survival hormones are going to be produced. And we know that a fertility is not uh, sort of compatible with the presence of survival hormones. It's when you are in state of survival, you don't think about procreation. So the hormones which are produced are actually against that. And one of the things on an individual basis that we can propose to do is to bring the body back to a state of calmness. And we talk about this point. First of all, what is very interesting is that in the Chinese acupuncture tradition, they established connections in the organs that we don't have actually anatomically. Western anatomy does not recognize a lot of those connections. Furthermore, the heart in the Chinese uh, system is not what the Western medicine refers to as the heart pump. The heart pump is a function. But the heart in Chinese medicine was considered to be the seat of our emotions and also emotional balance and integration. And in the acupuncture tradition, they had developed or described a channel which is directly connecting the heart with the uterus, the uterus representing um, the sort of procreative systems, both in men and women. The term bao, which is the envelope, is not limited to female uterus. It also uh, contains the concept of um, procreative energies in men. And the connection between the heart and the uterus uh, signified that our emotions are directly affecting the capacity to procreate. I found that so fascinating because only 2,000 plus years ago, the concept of the 
the bow mind, this connection, this concept between the heart and the uterus. So the emotions, your emotional state and your uterus was understood in Chinese medicine. And it's only recently we understand how, as you just mentioned, um, the stress hormones are counterproductive for reproduction. Survival takes a priority over digestion reproduction. And so again, why so many Chinese medicine practitioners focus on your emotional well-being, because in that paradigm, there is a system showing how your emotions can directly impact your, your reproduction. Thanks for bringing that up. Now, coming back to the concept of uh, assisted uh, conception, I've noticed so many of our, our patients who were seeking help for conception and they couldn't because they were running from one uh, fertility clinic to another with hormonal dosage, hormonal injections, and then um, measuring the, um, the, uh, the temperature and having intercourse at the a very particular given time, it creates like a very artificial and stressful situation. It becomes that vicious cycle because the stress leads to, um, there's the infertility, which leads to stress, which negatively impacts fertility and it's that vicious cycle. And when you start doing techniques, like I think you're sharing your IVF, there's so many appointments, you're seeing your herbalist, your acupuncturist, your, it just becomes a stressful way of doing things. Now, there's a different way to do that. You can still go and be being proactive to reach your peak potential. But again, it's coming back to that state of mind. Exactly. What we, I mentioned is toxic, toxic thoughts or toxic beliefs. I have dozens of examples of couples who tried for years and without success and finally gave up. And when they gave up and decided, okay, now we don't want to have children, we give up the concept and let's go on vacation or let's, uh, <laughs> I have a, a particular couple, uh, the relatives of mine who decided, okay, all the money we are spending on this, we are going to, to build a tennis court in our, <laughs> in our garden. And once they gave up, they got pregnant. And I want to hear your, what you're thinking around this, because again, tying this into consciousness. With our podcast, our tagline is to receive life on purpose. And that whole idea is about surrendering into the moment. And when you surrender, there's no longer resistance. When you're fighting and trying hard, there's a form of resistance. And the more resistance you have, just like on an electrical wire, and when there's resistance on the wire, the energy, the electricity doesn't flow as well. If you remove the resistance, the energy flows. There's two ways to do this. You can be brought to your knees into surrender. You just give up. It's so, you, you know, when people give up, it's not like taken lightly. They've been brought to their knees and they, they have to give up to survive. That's their survival mechanism. And they go into surrender. And in that, they have that sense of relief because they're no longer trying. And now flow and receptivity happens like you, like you shared when they gave up and said, all right, I'm going to build a tennis court. We're not going to try anymore. They, they're no longer attached to that. I got to have a baby. They surrender, the resistance is dropped, it feels like a sense of relief in the body, and now they are receptive and they have flow again. Or what I like in your book and the courses you've had on healthy seminars, your acupuncture tapping technique, there's EFT, and then you have a really cool Chinese medicine approach to it to help people work with these toxic beliefs or toxic thoughts, right? And so there is a proactive way to do it so you don't have to be brought to your knees. I said a lot there, but I'm wondering if that's what you're subscribing to when you say when people give up, the baby happens. Is that a form of that consciousness work where they get into that state of surrender, which allows flow and receptivity to happen? Exactly. This acceptance and state of surrender is the, the hardest part 
involving all processes, especially in pathology. This is a point that we always emphasize in serious diseases and serious conditions uh, where uh, obviously people go through all the phases, what we call of uh, dealing with unpleasant situation or sometimes even a very fearful situation. They go through all the emotional range before they get to the point, as you said, either they are forced to their knees or they have an internal let go acceptance. In that moment, I call it the moment of grace. Something can happen. Healing can take place. Uh, so this is something which is um, possible. We, we observe it all the time. And especially with fertility, it is also, we are talking to lay persons, so I cannot be talking about specific points and techniques, but already the mental process which is involved, they can practice, which means First of all, to examine, let's say, the two um, uh, paradigms. On one hand, the desire uh, uh, to, for having a child, for creating a family and a descendants. It is inborn in all life forms. It is, as I said, it's a, a sort of an instinct. But besides that, in humans, it can take a different form because humans are more evolved and we have what we call self-fulfillment. Is it part of that? So the question is why I want a child. And the second question is what is preventing it? And this is where we can come actually act on it. Yeah, as I said, the environment and we have a lot of negative factors in the food and water and this and that and hormones and our lifestyle. And for example, I find a lot of what in Chinese medicine, we talk about the equilibrium of blood. Blood is one of the five substances which plays a very important role in fertility. And sometimes we see simply by tonifying the blood in many of our patients, they have been able to bear children. We should clarify for the audience. So blood, shui, I, I apologize for my pronunciation, but shui it translates in English as blood, but it goes beyond what we think from the Western paradigm of blood. This, this blood is what gives you good vision, your hair grows, your nails grow, your skin is supple, and your uterus lining becomes great and you can conceive. So uh, the Chinese concept of blood, when we say tonifying blood, it's not this Western concept of yeah. it's, we, it's The term is shui and the loose translation is blood. Yeah, don't, don't go for blood transfusion. It's not going to help. <laughs> the, the, so obviously, this is directly also the consequence of diet. And uh, we see, for example, in a lot of uh, Western diets where people go for uh, vegetarian or vegan diets are sometimes missing the fundamental elements to uh, sort of supplement blood. Now, you can always say that uh, you take an example, India, which is a primarily vegetarian country. They're the second most populated nation in the world. But I've lived in India and I promise you their way of cooking is different. Vegetarian, there's vegetarian and vegetarian and the way they prepare the, the beans and everything is different. Here in the West, when we, you, you cook soya beans or whatever, it often actually gives you bloating and you don't digest it because it's not done in the traditional way. But I, I don't want to do a course on, uh, on on diet, but just to mention that there are things on our environment and our lifestyle that we can modify. 
But it's very difficult today to start modifying the world. Activists, they go and demonstrate in the street, but that's not going to change the world. The change has to come from inside. Now, the change that we can do on our level is to examine, uh, as I said, the, the toxic beliefs, the toxic thoughts. And I've seen with couples, I have often interviews to see beside their desire for having a child, what is on the other side, the fears involved. And there are a lot of fears. Today, bringing a child into the world in an in a advanced society is costly. I have my nephew who just had a child. Before even the child was born, they were creating a trust for him to be able to send him to university. So these are stressful points. And then what is going to happen to us when the child is born? Who's going to take care when we still have to work? These are considerations which were not in the old days when you were living in a big family with grandmother and grandfather present in the house, somebody was taking care of the baby. Now, today, it's becoming a stressful point, plus the stress of all the diseases. Shall I do this? Shall I vaccinate? Shall I not vaccinate? Is he going to get this? Is he going to get that? In all the days, we didn't have these fears. Children came naturally. Plus, today, we are planning them. You know, I see the young couples in our family or in friends, they have to planify. We're going to have the child on this month, this year, and then we take the holidays here and that. I mean, bringing a, a child into the world is not like planifying your holidays or buying the airplane ticket. There is a lot of factors involved. So with couples is to sort of make a list of all the fears, also a major fear which I find is that you will become, um, from a woman, you turn into a mother. From a man, you turn into a father. Which means that you are going to fundamentally change your social role. And that can be very fearful for some people. When they think about, you know, how am I going to manage this and that? So that's a stress which you want to avoid. Now, talking about it, and finding solutions for these is going to reduce the weight, what we call the toxic load. Yeah, let's so, talk a bit about that, because yeah. as I always say to our, our listeners, and when I see patients in my clinic, you know, we don't want to tell you all the stressful things and add to your stress. That would be cruel if we didn't have a method, a tool, simple tools to help you transform those fears into, <laughs> into hope, into excitement. I wanted to talk a little bit about like some of the energy psychology tools out there. One of them is like EFT. I have, I, I use many energy psychology tools in my practice and I, I enjoy and like using the EFT with my, my patients. And in your book and in your courses that you've taught, you have a, a tapping technique as well, which, which really is really into the Chinese acupuncture traditions. I guess the question I have is looking at EFT because it's what public knows a lot about. Why those points that they're tapping? Like, do you remember what kind of points those are? Um, whether they were in the, in the sinew channels, you remember they tap around the eye near kidney 27, right? Um, some of these points. Can you comment a bit about why maybe we need to give it a, a pause here? And, and I, I'm just going to introduce EFT, motion freedom technique, very minimally here and feel free to jump in. Basically, in a nutshell, the emotion freedom technique, it's a form of exposure therapy. You're bringing up the fear. 
then there's a little bit of cognitive restructuring. You're accepting yourself with that, that fear. And then there's a somatic release where you're tapping on um, acupuncture points. So call it acupressure. You're tapping on these points. And there's research showing this has worked with post-traumatic stress disorder, testing, anxiety, eating disorders. Can you explain a bit why this technique works? Because you describe this so well in your book as well about getting rid of these toxic or not getting rid of transforming these toxic beliefs and thoughts. And this is one of the techniques you use. Okay, before um, actually explaining why these techniques work, we have to understand where our belief mechanisms come from. We are uh, programmed, conditioned, even before birth, by the thought patterns of our parents, especially the mother. And then after birth, we are constantly conditioned by the family and then the society. And it's established today on a that uh, if we have like uh, the, our mind, our thoughts, if we say that the, the worth of the mind is 100, we only have 10% of that, which is coming from our own. 90% is conditioned. So we see that actually we are primarily conditioned. Uh, I don't want to use the word robots, but in our thinking and beliefs, we are conditioned. And out of this hundred, we have only 2% of what we call individualism. That means uh, free will. So what we are actually trying to do through these techniques that indeed EFT or our technique, we, we, we call uh, sort of the PAT technique, which is psychology, psychology and acupuncture technique, which is basically very similar. We are trying to implement a different thought to a pattern of thinking that we have been conditioned with. Fears, today we have so many fears are being sustained by constant news and input from the media, etc. And the fears are, are they grounded? Even if they are, to what degree are they grounded? But the fear impact is there, it's in me. So can I counterbalance this fear by a suggestion that I can make to myself? In a way, EFT or PAT or any of these uh, what cognitive behavior therapies is aiming at changing the mental patterns. And by changing the mental pattern, we are changing the emotional responses. And as a result, we change the hormones in the body. Going back to our earlier example, we're having a software update. So the programs that you're sharing, the programs and beliefs we inherited before birth, and, and there's research on this now, how trauma is passed down generational, part of our survival mechanism. We see that. And um, you're sharing how um, you inherit this and then you're, you're bathed in it still through your parents and you're in the environment you grow into. And then you start to live based on these programs. And if these programs are no longer serving you, then there are techniques like EFT, like your padding technique, tapping, energy psychology, cognitive behavior techniques to change those programs. And then when your program changes, your behavior changes. And as we said at the very beginning or earlier on, when you change the software, you get more out of your hardware. And in this case, your hormones will change as in rather than the stress hormones that lead to inflammation and constriction and long-term, they can become chronic and lead to disease. You're having these hormones that turn on genes for longevity, health, and reproduction. 
Exactly. A technique like EFT is a very easy technique. You can even download it from the internet and practice it. The basic premise of all these techniques is self-suggestion. Self-suggestion is very similar to self-hypnosis. In the hypnotic uh, uh, process, what we are doing is we are actually changing one information or one um, belief by another one. Usually, for example, somebody who is dependent on tobacco, uh, smoking, uh, under hypnosis, it can be suggested to the person that actually you hate tobacco and when you smoke it, you're going to feel nauseous, etc. So naturally, you uh, sort of eliminate that toxic behavior. So the same, but we don't have to go to somebody, we can do it ourselves. There are methods, basically, uh, we teach uh, our patients to put themselves in an alpha state. Alpha state is a mindset where the mind is much slower. It's a state that we usually go to when we do meditation. It's a slowing down of the brain waves and the brain becomes more receptive. And here we are going to make suggestions. And this suggestion in the uh, techniques that we're offering is combined with a physical stimulation. The point, acupuncture points, obviously, they're going to enhance this uh, effect. Uh, you don't have to use those points. I mean, for people who are not familiar, uh, they can also simply uh, touch a part of the body or tap a part of the body uh, in, a, in a sense that you're combining a, a sort of a thought pattern with a physical action. And that uh, reinforces the information that you are uh, setting in. And I, I know, know you, you'll appreciate this because, again, Dr. Montecob is both a trained medical doctor and a classical Chinese medicine practitioner. That in the EFT research, um, they have shown that not only do people have that emotional change, they subjectively feel differently, but they have done some studies where they look at um, cortisol levels, they see those drop. They're looking at the amygdala and they're seeing a shift there. They're seeing changes in the hippocampus. So again, brain changes and also changes in some gene expression. So it's not only, oh, I feel differently when I tap, like a placebo idea. They are actually seeing physical changes hormonally and in the brain and, and epigenetic changes. So this is exciting that these simple techniques, as you said, you can download some of these techniques off the internet, like EFT or in your book, Acupuncture for Treating the Hidden Roots of Disease, you go into your technique, they're available for this self-suggestion, self-hypnosis approach, which is all the goal here of conscious fertility to help you um, empower yourself to live and receive life on purpose. I think we basically, uh, we have um, spoken about the possibility of individual work that uh, couples can do. Uh, first of all, to examine the obstacles and what we, I call the toxic beliefs, how to some, uh, supplement and change them to by bringing a opposite belief. Just pay attention, the opposite belief should not contain negative words like I don't want or I am not, because these are the, the subconscious doesn't understand the negative aspect. They understand the message. So always find the positive sentence, I am. Make it in the present. Once again, the, uh, the time sequence, past, present, and future, and subconscious has difficulty. Subconscious is in the moment. So you want to 
affirm the message in the moment. So that is, I would say, a very important thing. It's also some, sometimes something that you can do on your own. It's important to do it regularly. It's not once a month that you're going to change a lifetime habit. It has to be done every day, several times a day. These are methods which are very quick. Sometimes it's uh, every time you catch yourself with that negative thought uh, or stressful thought, which puts you in the stressful mode, right away, come back with the antidote. Repeat the antidote a few times. And always by calming the mind, if, for example, a, a fearful thought comes, I, it has happened to me, I'm driving a car and all of a sudden there's a thought of accident or whatever. At that time, pull over, find a place to stop, close your eyes and slow down the mind and visualize the positive. Erase the negative image right away when you can catch it, because then it, it, this negative image has its consequences. And to end, what I would say that infertility, please remember, infertility, like any other pathology, is not a pathology. It's not a disease. It's not an infliction. It's not a punishment. It's a challenge. When we look at all our conditions as challenges, we start seeing the positive aspect. What is it going to bring to me? How am I going to grow through it? And remember that as humans, we have in a way, the instinct of self-fulfillment, uh, sort of in the human progression, this is the ultimate stage that we are all aspiring to. We are aspiring to grow. And we can only grow through the challenges that we are set in life. And this could be a challenge. So look at it as that. And then it, it, uh, it sort of changes also its dynamics. I want to thank you, Dr. Hamid Montekab. Um, Again, it's so nice to have somebody trained in two paradigms like yourself, call you Dr. 2.0. You're trained in as a medical doctor and as a classical Chinese medicine practitioner. He has a book for practitioners called Acupuncture for Treating the Hidden Roots of Disease, the Mind and the Emotions in Chinese Medicine, as well as courses on healthy seminars. And uh, I do enjoy our conversations about classical Chinese medicine and mind consciousness. And so again, thank you for sharing with us today some of your thoughts and ideas around conscious fertility. If you're looking for support to grow your family, contact AccuBalance Wellness Center. At AccuBalance, they help you reach your peak fertility potential through their integrative approach using low-level laser therapy, fertility acupuncture, and naturopathic medicine. Download the AccuBalance Fertility Diet and Dr. Brown's video for mastering manifestation and clearing subconscious blocks. Go to AccuBalance.ca, that's A-C-U balance.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious and for a few moments, bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe. Thank you.